everybody that loves the Lord say amen. By that sounded good. I'm sure that that pleased the Lord to hear that sound coming up. Because we do love Him. I want to say I'm thankful to be here this evening. It's an honor and a privilege to be in this fine pastor's church and to look at such beautiful people that are saved in the Spirit of the Lord. It's a blessing and an honor to be here in the house of the Lord tonight. Some folks said I'd rather be here than the best jail in the state. And others say I'd rather be here than be in the best hospital in Florida. I'd rather be here than anywhere else. I'd rather be here than be at home. If I, if I wanted to be somewhere else, I would be there. But I wanted to be here. I want to thank one of the men of the church here for helping me last evening. I, I locked my keys up in the car. I don't make a habit of doing that, but I did it last night. We went to the motel and uh, we got out and instantly I just closed the door, locked it, and that second I knew what I'd done. But there was a wonderful man from the church here that came and with his uh, rector and his assistants, however, they came and opened my car, and I really appreciate that very, very much. And they didn't charge me anything. So that's a double blessing. Really appreciate it. Uh, we, I want to say tonight that I'm thankful for a very special lady that's here tonight. <clears throat> Sister Hunt, would you just stand up, please? <laughs> Remain standing. Just stay standing for a moment. This is a, a, a very, very attractive lady. And uh, when, I, when I go to a church like this, and I want to know who the pastor's wife is, Really appreciate her very, very much. She's a lovely lady, and I, I really appreciate her. Now, I want to make one more statement before we get into the message tonight. I have a little bump on the back of my right hand, and everybody sees it, but everybody's so polite, they just look and don't say anything. But a little girl got up close to me last night, she just looked. And she was wondering, well, why I want to mention it, not too long ago, doctors and nurses all said that I would lose my right hand at the wrist because of an accident the hospital made. And uh, that's what it looks like. Now, it don't have sympathy for me because it's not sore, it's well. The, the uh, skin-grafting doctor has released it and said, don't come back anymore. And it used to be three times that high. But it's low, and now they said it'd be gone within a year, my hand will be level. And my hand is there, and uh, it works good. And so I'm thanking God for it. So if you get close to me, you start to shake hands. Well, when I'm in a new place, I usually shake hands with folks like this. Then sometimes I forget and then hold it up this way and they 
and they wonder what it is. And I can understand that. I'd probably hey, want that on your hand. But to let you know, my hand is well. It's healed. And uh, I was healed before it even got hurt. Let me make another little statement before we get too far into, uh, into preaching tonight. Every person that loves Jesus Christ in the world is healed. You may have cancer, you might have a tumor big as a grapefruit in your side, but you can tell all your neighbors that you're healed. Regardless of your sickness, you're healed. Now some folks say, well, I'm not going to lie about it, that I can feel that thing there. Well, Isaiah said, by his stripes, you're healed. And Peter said, by his stripes, you were healed. So we that are saved folks are healed every moment of our life. We are a whole body. The thing that's bothering us is a foreign matter trespassing on the whole body. That's why we don't have to take a knife and cut it out. We just speak to it and it leaves. Because it's a foreign matter. We are whole by the stripes of Jesus Christ. So we speak to things and things that, per, that pester us go because of the Spirit of the Lord. It hears us speaking in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a clap with you, everybody. wanted to put that in because this, I may not be back here for a while and I just want you to know that you're whole. You're made whole in Jesus Christ. I'd like to preach to you for just a little while tonight, the Lord be willing, on the subject of the Holy Ghost. Now I preach in any church that will open the door for me. I rent auditoriums and I preach everywhere that I can. I try to stay busy all the time. I honor the pastor of this church because I was informed that he's constantly going and going and going. And only God can give a man that kind of physical strength. And I appreciate that. Do you love the Lord? So I preach in a lot of different churches. I've even preached in the Church of Christ. You don't do that too often. I preached in the Methodist Church, the Baptist, the Church of God, Pentecostal, and right on down the line, different religions. I try to preach what will be good for that audience, meaning that Jesus Christ is good for everybody. So you can go in any church in the world, if they love Jesus, you got a message. You can preach Jesus Christ. But then when I get in a, a, a Pentecostal church, Sometimes I like to say things a little more personal. I like to say things that maybe Pentecostal folks ought to hear. And I suppose most of you folks have heard about the Holy Ghost all of your life. And I really adore and appreciate the elderly men and women I have seen since I've been here. I think, Lord, they look so beautiful. Their face glows, and I've seen some little men up here that's as old as I am, just feeling so good. And it takes God to give you that peace.
you happy all the time. Well, we've been testifying and witnessing for Jesus ever since we got saved, haven't we? All of us. And most Pentecostal folks, they love to tell other people about the experience they got with the Holy Ghost. Now, some folks call it the Holy Spirit, and I don't uh, debate with anybody about anything. Somebody comes to me and says, what do you think about this? I said, what do you think about it? And they tell me right away. I said, that's fine on me. Let's go my way. I don't debate scriptures with anybody. I just testify about Jesus Christ. You love the Lord. So we tell folks about the Holy Ghost. And we like for our neighbors to know about it, especially our relatives that don't have the Holy Ghost. We would like for them to come to the anointing of the Lord. Now, as far as I know, worldwide, folks that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they testify very strongly concerning their experience. And we should, definitely should. But since we do make a major issue out of a name or a person or position, then I suppose it's important that we know as much as we can about that particular issue. If I was to talk about a certain building somewhere, if I was a real estate uh, operator, I'd want to know about the building. If I worked in the bank, I would want to know all that I could about the computer system of that bank. I'd want to know what my job is and how it operates. Well, since we believe so strongly in the Holy Ghost, to me, every little thing that I can pick up and understand, I grab it because I testify about it. So tonight, maybe I'll preach a short sermon. Maybe it'll be called a sermonette, unless the Lord strengthen it and, and lifting it. But I would like to just leave on your hearts and leave on your mind something you can think about when you get home. I thought about Father Abraham. He had a son named Isaac. Isaac came to the time of life when Father Abraham felt that he should have a wife. The Father Abraham called his chief servant, Eliezer, to him and said, Put your hand under my thigh, and you swear to me that you will go get my son a wife from a certain tribe and nowhere else. You make sure that you get the right one from a certain family. Swear to me, and he did. Eliezer took a camel train, several people with him, and a lot of wealth, and went on his journey. And when he got to that area at a well, he said, Lord, I don't know which one of these ladies is the right one, but you tell me which one is the right one. The one that offered me a drink of water, that'll be sufficient. But just about the time he got ready to raise his head up, he looked, and there stood a young lady right in front of him and said, would you like to have a drink? God knows how to work out things just right. Of course, the Eliezer that second knew that the father heard him pray. And he said, I want to go home with you, meet your family. And he did. This great servant of Abraham brought with him from the rich man's home a lot of wealth. And he called them gifts. 
He put gifts on her hands and on her fingers, and she became a wealthy lady immediately. And he spent a small amount of time at the family residence, and then he said, he told him his business there, and he said, I've got to go. And they asked him, could you stay a little longer, and let's have a party. Let's invite all the friends in for miles around and kind of celebrate and give her a going away party. But Eliezer had a time when he left Abraham's home. He had a certain designated time. You return back here at this date. See, when you're faithful, you don't make mistakes. And the, Abraham didn't send just somebody down the road. He sent the chief servant, the best servant in all of his kingdom. Had hundreds and thousands of men that worked and was around Abraham's residence. But the chief man, one he could trust the most, is the one that he sent. So Eliezer said to the family, it is time for me to go. And we can't stay any longer. She either goes or she stays here. And they said, well, leave it up to her. She said, I'm going. They mounted on the camel train and away they went. And when they made their long journey, Isaac was at the father's house and he decided to go out into the field to meditate. And walking out from the father's house in the field, he looked down into the valley of the canyon and he saw the camel train coming. And as he got closer, she said unto the servant, who is that man standing up there? And the servant said, that's the man, that's Isaac. And they went up and they met him. The servant introduced this young lady to Isaac. Isaac, this is her. This is him. They introduced, he introduced them. At that point, Isaac took charge of the camel train. He took the young lady to the father's house, Abraham, and introduced her to Father Abraham. And they had a great celebration. Do you love the Lord? Yeah. Will you give Jesus a clap because you love him? <laughs> Jesus came down here and produced a great ministry in this life, and he said, I'm going to go to the Father, and I'll pray the Father that he sends you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And Jesus went back to heaven, but he told his disciples that he took out to Bethany. You know, a lot of folks think that folks are going to heaven in the twinkling of an eye. Well, Jesus went up at Bethany, and they were watching him go up, and a cloud received him. And at that place, when Jesus left them, he told them to go into Jerusalem and the upper room and tarry and have them be endued with power from on high. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was one court in one place, and suddenly there come a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared in them clothes and tongues like as a fire and set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues, and the Spirit gave them the utterance. They were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, about men out of every nation under heaven. And they marveled and confounded, saying one to another, Are not all these Galileans? And now they speak in our language. Telling the places where they were from. And others mocking and saying, These are, are, have new wine. They're drunk on new wine. But Peter said, Hearken unto me. These are not drunk as you suppose. Sin is but the third hour of the day, but this is that. Which was spoken by the prophet John the last day, said, 
where out my strip was all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. That will my servants and handmaids will I pour out of my spirit. Now, God has done a great miraculous thing on the day of Pentecost. What happened? Jesus said, I'm going to pray to the Father. He sends you another comforter. That comforter came on the day of Pentecost, and it was something that Joel spoke about years ago. And Peter said, in the last days, saith God. So at the day of Pentecost, the last days began. We're not just living in the last days now, 1993. Brother, we're living in the closeout of the last days. We've been in the last days. Day is D-A-Y. And you put an S on that D-A-Y-S, and that means two. One day with God, 1,000 years with man. We've been in this last days for 2,000 years. And it's just about over. But the Holy Ghost came there and met those folks in the upper room. And they began to shout, speak in tongues, jump up and down, and act like drunk folks. What really happened, God, Jehovah, sent the best and the chief servant of heaven. He didn't send Gabriel or Michael or any other of the billions of inhabitants of heaven. God chose the best that was in heaven, the Holy Ghost, and sent him to the earth. The Holy Ghost for 4,000 years prior was journeying from heaven to earth. He come down, he would move upon the prophets, and they prophesied, and then he'd leave and go back to heaven. He was going backwards and forward. But when he came on the day of Pentecost, he come to stay. He came looking for the master's son, a wife. And he came like Eliezer, and he met the girl. He has, the Holy Ghost is digging out people right now. And he's putting them together to make a woman out of them. The Holy Ghost is something so precious, it's so good. And when a lot of Pentecostal, a lot of folks received the Holy Ghost years ago, they didn't know what it's supposed to do. They knew it felt good. They knew they felt chills rubbing down their back, the hair move on their head, somebody speaking tongues, and they were so happy for it. But many people didn't know what to do with it. And one church in Kentucky, just across, just as you leave the, the uh, Tennessee border, just on the Kentucky side, uh, some years ago, back in the 40s, this church, they thought the Holy Ghost was to reveal out tobacco smokers. And they begin to get sane songs and get happy. And they try to ask the Holy Ghost to tell them who was using tobacco. And they wanted to get rid of the back out of the church. So this one good old farmer back in the 40s, almost all those church folks, those men wore field overhauls. And this dear old man in the church, he brushed his teeth and he was in a hurry to go to church. And he stuck his toothbrush down in his bib overhaul pocket. The handle was sticking up. And he come to church and they got real happy. And this precious lady got up speaking in tongues. And then she started to interpret it. Pipe, 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 pipe. And she ran over in front of all the congregation to show them how much power she had. She jerked that toothbrush out and showed it to them. And she looked and saw she had a toothbrush. In the same church, they had, they got, they were so thrilled with the Holy Ghost that they wanted all the people to make sure that everybody lives good. And make sure that no 
nobody was fooling with the other man's wife. So they would take a piece of paper and a pencil. They kept paper laying all the time being ready. And they take this paper and they take a pencil with their eyes closed and stretch all over it. And then under that anointing, they take it to another person for them to get an anointing and interpret that stretching. So they would interpret that to tell what all is supposed to be happening in the church. I was telling this one time, just like I am tonight. Some preacher walked up to me and he said, hey, that was my sister. <laughs> you love the Lord. Another young man that I know and his wife, they decided to go on vacation and they had a very special friend, uh, an elderly lady, they called her grandma. And they said, grandma, we're going to go on vacation, we're going to take you with us and, and you're going to enjoy yourself. So they went on quite a, quite a journey over about, about three or four different states. And when they got to where they were going, Grandma said, now this is Sunday, and we're going to go church somewhere tonight. No, Grandma, let's just, let's just enjoy ourselves, not me. I'm, I love to be in church. So they tuck around in the Sunday afternoon through the city to find a place to go to church that night. They found a nice-looking church building, and they said, well, this is it. Tonight we'll go, and they did. The service got to going, and folks got happy, and this friend of mine hit his wife, and Grandma was sitting in the back of the building, and they was enjoying that music, and everything was going on. They were really having a good time, and Grandma was clapping her hands, and she was so glad she found that place to go to church. After a while, the pastor said, everybody here that wants a real special blessing from the Lord, come from the back and stand across the front of the church. And the folks started getting up and going. Grandma said to these kids, they come on, kids, let's go. They said, no, Grandma, we're visitors. We're not going to go. She said, not me. I'm going up there. And she came up the aisle, and she stood in the middle of the line, the line from one side to the other. And she was so happy to be there. Folks were clapping their hands. And by the time they got all settled real good in, the preacher reached down to the Bible stand, pulled out a box, and, and he pulled out a real big, long rattlesnake. Grandma saw that rattlesnake and she didn't know where to faint or die or what to do. And this preacher went over to the end of the line and he he gave it to this one lady and she took this snake and she had a good time with it. And the music is going and she gave it to the next person by her and she had a good time with it. And everyone that would get it, they turn on with that snake in their hand. And it, Grandma saw that thing coming and she didn't know what in the world to do. And it kept getting closer and closer, and her knees was, her legs were getting weak, and her knees was a knocking, and, and it kept getting closer and closer. And she stood there, and she saw that thing coming. He got to the lady next to her, and Grandma was looking over next door at that snake, and that woman was jumping up and down and having a good time, and just about ready, she got ready to hand that thing uh, over to Grandma. Grandma closed her eyes and raised both hands straight up in the air, said, Hibby, hibby, I, pass him on by. <laughs> Grandma. 
know I wasn't waiting for somebody to interpret her message. <laughs> in Dayton, Ohio, on the east, northeast side of town, there was a church, and they were going real strong in the Holy Ghost. And a friend of mine said, you've got to come to my church and visit. We're in a revival. We have a young man in our church that's so anointed with the Holy Ghost, you just got to come and see him operate. And he kept pastoring me, and I said, all right, I'll go, and I went. And when I got there, they had a good service, and it seemed like everything was going fine. But this young man, when they come to the altar, he's got around everybody, and he's given them a shampoo. He rubbed their hair till there wasn't every hair on their head was on the older face of the He thought that was the anointing. And then some lady, she was so happy that as she got behind another lady that had a blouse that buttoned in the back, and she rubbed her back so hard and so much that every button come loose. Now, you might think, well, there's somebody here in this church used to do that. I did some crazy things, too, in the 40s. I did. There was a time that folks just didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. They just know we feel good. And something came our way. Lord, I'd almost told you what I did, but I didn't. <laughs> well, might as well. This lady tapped her hands for me. When I first got saved and got in this, I was just like them other folks. I thought the Holy Ghost was something to do some great things with. And I was on the platform, and I was just a young Christian boy. I was feeling good, and the singing was going, everybody was shouting, having a good time. And I went to that side of the building, and then I turned and went to this side of the building on the platform. And every time I make a trip, I'm feeling better and better. And there's something come to me, so why, you could just walk up the wall <laughs> and come down on the other side. Now, I wouldn't have told you she hadn't clapped for me. So I went back across the building, and you know, I felt better this time because I had an idea. And I feel that made, really made me feel good. I got anointed now. And I run to that wall, and I said, praise God, I know I can do it. I run back to this side. I said, I know I can do it. This time, I'm going to do it. I went to this side, and I went to that wall, and I put my hands on the wall, and I started up. And I didn't get anywhere. I'm so glad there wasn't anybody looking. At least I don't think there were. No one told me about it. But then I decided it wouldn't work. But we tried a lot of things with the Holy Ghost power. I imagine the Lord's laughed at us many times. God sent the Holy Ghost down here to get a people together to make him a bride for his son, a wife. The Holy Ghost did not come to earth to make people speak in tongues or to clap their hands, dance, run the aisles. The Holy Ghost didn't come for any of those purposes. The Holy Ghost came for one purpose only, and that is to solicit and canvas the world and dig people out of the gutters and bring them up and make a bride out of them. All these other things that we do, speaking in tongues and prophesying and healing the sick, all these gifts that we have, that's the riches he brought with him to put on us. That's the wealth he brought along. Gifts. 
to pray and to praise the Lord to receive the baptism she raised her hands in the air and she was praying and two men got a hold of her and said come on uh, just say anything but English just say something but English and she wouldn't do it she just kept praising the Lord and they said come on uh, we're trying to help you just say anything just don't say English and she just kept praising the Lord and one said to the other and said she's stubborn well, it wasn't long after that that my daughter-in-law received the real baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You don't have to teach the Holy Ghost how to talk. 
He's not a dummy. He teaches us how to talk. He knows what he's doing, and we don't have to teach him. He came from the master's house. You can't get above him. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. It's an honor being with you tonight. It's been an honor being with you all weekend. I appreciate you got one of the finest pastors, assistant pastors. I don't say this loosely. I believe they're one of the finest couples that I've ever met in the ministry. And I... And the spirit you've got and that sweetness that you all have, all you folks have, you have it because of the ministry of this church. And I'm going to say something, and I'm turning the service back to the pastor. I understand he's leaving probably tonight for Texas or somewhere. Won't be back maybe till Wednesday or Thursday. I hope that you can believe what I'm saying to you tonight. His spirit will still be right here. See, I've got that written down in my Bible, marked in big letters where I can show it to anybody. When a man is dedicated as he is, his spirit can be in many different places at the same time. I didn't even know that until yesterday. You love the Lord? My Lord is teaching us things. I was going to go along. Brother Hunt, we, we may not be 40 years old, but God's teaching us. Give him a God bless you, everybody. <laughs>